going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the DFS Dose, your fix of DFS information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hover, and as always, I'm joined by the two Jays, Joey and Jared, and gentlemen, feels good to be back. In fact, it feels like we've, you know, been away for quite a while, but fear not, we have returned and we won't be going anywhere. So on today's show, we will go position by position and break down all of our favorite plays for both cash games and tournaments. We will also talk some low-owned stacks that could potentially help you take down a GPP. But before we do that, Joey, would you mind telling the people how they can support the podcast? You can support the podcast by following us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, all at the DFS Dose. Same handle across everything. We're on all platforms. Um, yeah, so go ahead and follow us on there. Live stream on Sunday at noon Eastern as well. All right, so uh, we will go position by position, like I said, but just to finish up, since we didn't get our recap episode out due to some group travel, um, how did you guys do last week? I min cashed. So I cashed. I cashed in my GPP, my three GPP lineups, and then I min cashed on my cash lineup. So I won a couple and I lost a couple. So I like, I won. I ended up winning $16. Nice. Yeah. Yes. Hell of a come up. That's what I'm saying, dog. Better than losing. I lost 100%. Luckily, though, so since I was in Vegas, I didn't know that DraftKings was illegal in Nevada. Um, so I was actually only able to play the three double ups that I had reserved previously. I couldn't enter any head to heads or GPPs. So um, I was stuck in, in the three double ups I had already reserved. And, you know, away from my computer, I just made a trash lineup and got obliterated. So I'm very happy to be back in front of my computer, get get some research done, get some more uh, some more work done and, uh, you know, have a much better bounce back week this week. That's facts. Although it was worth it. But. <laughs> what was the cash For line? Sure. The cash line ended up being about like uh, one twenty nine ish, right? Yeah, I I min cashed and didn't cash with some, and I scored one thirty, one thirty one oh four. And the giant double up, the I think the cash line was about one forty. Mm-hmm. And then the yeah, that sounds right. The single entries were one thirty one. You know, I got off of. Uh, Corey Davis, and that's a real bummer because he completely obliterated. Um, I forgot what's that corner's name that was trying to cover him. <laughs> Calm down. Calm down, please. Yeah. What's that um, bum's name? <laughs> I know it was really forgettable. It's some someone on the Patriots, but um. Though, I mean, uh, yeah, I can't remember. The Patriots in general just had a bad game, so it was just a bad day for everybody. That's a one out of ten game, so. I'll just leave it at that because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to talk about it. Tough day at the office. Let let this dude Joey talk me out of it and should have just stuck to my guns. I mean, that was his only game of the season, giving up more than three catches in a game. So definitely an anomaly. Um, First time this season that he's allowed over 50 yards also in a game. And he's only given up three touchdowns, one of which was to Corey Davis. So just all around a bad game for Gilmore. But you can expect him to bounce back uh, coming out of the bye week. All right. That's fair. Let's get into these uh, these quarterbacks this week on week 11. So, Jared, who's standing out to you as a cash game play this week? I'm going back to my boy from the preseason. I'm going back to Dak Prescott. Okay. Yeah. Tough, right? But, uh... Yeah. <laughs> 
but he's going up against Atlanta. He's only 5,200, and he's actually been playing very well lately, uh, scoring over 20 a couple times. And Atlanta's pass defense is third worst in the league. They're giving, they've given up 2,700 passing yards and 21 touchdowns so far. And then on the ground, they're also giving up a hundred. They've also given up 193 yards and two touchdowns to quarterbacks. So I feel like this is going to be a high-scoring game. I think skip ahead. Amari Cooper is going to be very involved. But uh, I love Dak this week, especially for 5,200. Or you could go to uh, that other bum in that division, which I will never pick. Uh, Eli Manning who's also going up against another terrible defense in Tampa Bay, who is right below Atlanta, giving up about the same amount of yards, two more touchdowns, and has only have one interception on defense this year. One. Like, how bad could you be? They've picked off one of 318 attempts. One. <laughs> one. The thing is... Like, bro, come on. <laughs> one. Going back to Dak, though, I mean... I'd be concerned he hasn't thrown for over 300 yards yet this season. So he has been turning his play around, like, on the field, looking a little bit better the last, uh, I'd say, two or three weeks. But, I mean, just 11 touchdowns on the season, five interceptions. I know he, he can get it done other ways. He gets he gets some touchdowns on the ground. He has a game with, you know, over 80 yards rushing. So he can definitely get it done. People are going to be on Cooper this week. Zeke is an amazing option. So... You know, theoretically, it makes sense. I just I don't know if I I want to pay paid that far down this week. I think that some of the like I mean six K and up, you know, Breeze, Carson, Cam, Matt Ryan are all just locked in options that'll guarantee you over twenty points. I mean, yeah, I love I love Breeze. I was just trying to find a little value in that Breeze is a lock if you could pay up for him if you want to pay up for him. Yeah, absolutely, and and that that'll clearly be the game to target obviously we have you know the game of the week this this week in rams and saints but that is not on the main slate so in lieu of that game i'm thinking that the new orleans uh hosting the eagles is going to be the game that everyone uh looks towards this week on the main slate i'm thinking that drew Brees is the lock and then you could pivot to carson wentz if you want um i could i think that's where i'm looking just those top two honestly you know, I could care less about Dak Prescott. Like, he's trash. I'm sorry. Eli Manning, <laughs> trash. Marcus Mariota at 5,500, trash. Um, you know, you could play my son Lamar Jackson, though. Let's talk about him. 4,700, he's going to start. Or, Eli. Joe Flacco's going to sit. They're at home against the Bengals. They've been struggling, you know. Is is Lamar gonna start? I saw in Roto World that they said they might start RG three over him. You know, if if RG three starts, then GG. Honestly, but. though, <laughs> neither of them are bad options. See, I'm thinking the only option would be Bengals D. <laughs> yeah, right. Cincinnati's defense is trash. Yeah, Cincinnati. That's facts. Is really bad, and they're both 4700. So honestly, the, whoever starts, they're the worst pass defense in the league. Yeah. Whoever starts, you could look uh, right there if you want. Yeah, Drew Brees, Carson Wentz. Um, you know, if you want to go the two hundred cheaper, and the Eagles should be down, so Carson Wentz should should theoretically be throwing the ball more than Drew Brees. But Drew Brees at home against a 
uh, bad pass defense that is missing its top two starting cornerbacks. Um, they just lost Darby to a torn ACL. Look no further, 6,500, lock him in. Um, he should go for at least 30. Yeah, agreed. Breeze is a smash play, and uh, totally agree with Carson as well. Um, there's been like some buzz, national NFL media type stuff about the Eagles struggling, Carson not playing as well, and you could definitely see that watching the games. But in terms of fantasy, Carson hasn't put up less than 22.7 DraftKings points since week four. So... I mean, he's just the epitome of consistency, and this should be a pass-heavy game script. Um, you know, in my in my dummy build for the week, Carson's who I've got uh, locked in there at the moment. Yeah, you can't go wrong with Carson. Really do love Cam right below him against uh, this this Lions defense yeah. that has a few deficiencies. To name a few, uh, you know, coverage, that's a problem for them. Pressuring the quarterback, scheme, talent, roster, depth, effort. That's just a few things wrong with the Lions defense. So, um, you know, Cam should have a Cam should have a easy time tearing apart that uh, embarrassing unit. Yeah, uh, Cam Newton is also a good option at 6,200 on the road in Detroit. Um, the Lions are falling apart. Can't go wrong with Cam Newton, but you know, Drew Brees would be the MVP if Pat Mahomes wasn't having the season that he's having. So. I just can't get past Breeze personally. Breeze is going to win MVP. I hope you know that. Mahomes is not winning it. I think if Mahomes gets over 50 touchdowns, like passing touchdowns, which he's on pace to do, I think you have to give it to him. And if the Chiefs go like 15-1 and one or 14-2 and two and say they make the champion, the AFC Championship game or the Super Bowl, you kind of have to give it to him. Yeah, but they, they, they want to give it to Breeze. Mahomes has his entire career to get it, and we know Breeze is near the end. He hasn't won it yet. I think that, uh, you know, NFL wants to show him I some mean, love. Yeah, Breeze, it, it just depends which of them gets He's further, having his best Because they both deserve yet. it. Yeah, 24 passing like. touchdowns, one interception, 2,600 passing yards, and 123 uh, QBR, which is insane. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And, uh, just in terms of DraftKings, if you can't make it up to 6,500 or even 63, there's a bit of salary you could save and play Matt Ryan um, at home. We know, we know what the Falcons' offense can do at home, and even the past two weeks on the road, he's put up over 24 and a half DraftKings points. So, uh, you know, Ryan is a solid option as well. It just it just depends. You know, the the Dallas game will probably be slower paced than the Eagles game, just in terms of the way that Dallas plays. They'll probably try and run a lot, keep the Falcons offense, you know, off off of offense. So there, there's always that to think about. What about Ryan Fitzpatrick at 5,600? He scored almost 20 points last week, and they didn't score a touchdown. I don't know about that one, Chief. <sighs> I don't think that there was a huge chance that Fitz was going to get pulled going into last week, but I think with the performance last week um, going into this week, if he struggles again in the first half, he could definitely get pulled, I think. Um, just just the way that coaching coaching staff is just so incompetent and unable to stick to one decision, they're probably going to be flip flopping between Fitz and Jameis for the yeah. rest of the year, and I just I just don't want to risk that in cash. Um, but yeah, as, as far as tournaments, oh like, yeah yeah, why that's not, not yeah why not bad. I'm not tournaments I'm not yeah, playing yeah. bum yeah. ass in cash. <laughs> Facts. How do you get over 500 yards of offense and score three points? <laughs> First time it's ever happened in NFL. It's that fits magic. Uh, actually, it's the second time. Lit. Oh. This dude's thrown for over 400 yards four times this year. Lit. 
He's a beast. Threw for 406 yards last week and only and had 19 points with no touchdowns and two interceptions. And a fumble. Three turnovers, no touchdowns, and <laughs> scored almost 20 points. <laughs> That's insane. Like, you could be so bad and still score 20 points. Like, honestly, none of these players have any excuse not to score 20 points the rest of the year. <laughs> like, this man turned over the ball three times and scored three points on offense and still outscored half the league, half the quarterbacks in NFL. Any other uh, GPP options you guys want to mention at quarterback? Josh Rosen. Breakout. Yikes. <laughs> Josh Rosen, 4,800, huh? No, I, I honestly haven't really looked at no, that. No, I was kidding. No, I was kidding. Derek Carr, 4,700. That boy is stupid low now. Holy. This, yeah. I mean, my son is throwing it into the ground on fourth down. Like, Yeah, he was a straight, <laughs> straight savage for that. This dude said, get this shit out of my face. <laughs> I actually didn't see that play, so that's pretty funny to hear. Yeah, it was the last play of the game. They're down, and instead of like trying to make a play, he throws it into the ground and just ends the game. Like, I think he's totally on board with the tank job. Gruden was like, listen, if you help me tank, I won't trade you. He's like, I bet. Bet. <laughs> Say less. Um, I mean, Andrew I like – uh, Yep, that's exactly what I was going to say. I mean, Andrew Luck has been tearing it up at least three touchdowns in six straight games. Uh, Hasn't been sacked in four straight games. The Colts are passing on 63% of their offensive plays. Um, The only only thing to worry about would be the Titans' defense, which is actually very good, and they're allowing the fewest touchdowns per game this season. They have uh, the number one scoring defense in the NFL. Yeah. They've only um, given up 11 touchdowns to quarterbacks. Passing. They've also lost every game they've played against Andrew Luck in his career. So um, <laughs> I, I, just, I just think that it's not a cash play just because of the matchup and how good they are at limiting quarterback scoring. But we know anything could happen, and he's he's cheaper than all the popular guys are going to be. So just in that sort of mid you know range where nobody looks, I think he'll be a great you know under five percent GPP option. So um, yeah, not cash though. Let's move on to running back here, though, because I feel like that is where, you know, the most interesting plays are every week, and this week especially. We've just got a ton of premier plays and great matchups, so it's going to be another week of determining who you like at, at this top end. So, um, Jared, I will start with you on this one. All right, well, I put this on my Twitter earlier. My top five favorite running back plays this week, or is that six? Can't count. I'm going to just run through them. Zeke, Barkley, Kamara, MG3, David Johnson, and Deion Lewis. Those are complete locks and cash. You could play any of them and they'll all be great for you, except the top two are going to be Zeke and Barkley. And then you could pair pair uh, them with Deion Lewis in the flex. Deion Lewis at 4,800 is getting... Is, that's just crazy value for him. He's getting so many touches these last couple weeks. They've realized that Derrick Henry is complete trash. So they're just keeping Deion Lewis on the field. Indy has given up 71 catches running backs and 571 yards this year, which are both top five worst. Uh, 22% of the Colts' air yards are two running backs. And Deion Lewis is a pass catcher running back. So at 4,800 to go in your flex to pair with Melvin, who has a great matchup against the Denver top 10 worst defense against rushing. You can go Camara. Uh, Philly gives up the t- their top 10 in most targets to running backs and top 5 in receptions allowed to running backs this year. You can go, I mean, everyone knows Zeke and Barkley. 
Zeke against the worst yeah. team against running backs in the league. Barkley against just a terrible Tampa Bay defense. David Johnson, who's a pure GPP play. No one's going to play him in cash because all these other options. You know, I'm not too sure about that because people are so hungry to see David Johnson get back. And after that nine-target performance last week, seven catches, we finally saw him put up some numbers like the old David Johnson. And he's priced lower than than Barkley, Gordon, all these guys. I feel like people might be eager to hop back on the David Johnson train. I, I personally like David Johnson more than Zeke this week, believe it or not. Ooh. Um, okay. But David Johnson, the matchup he has is insane. The the Raiders are giving up have given up eleven hundred yards and eight touchdowns of running backs this year on the ground already. And we know how good of a runner David Johnson is. He's getting more involved, he's getting all these touches again. Like we saw last week he scored like forty points, I think. I called his breakout, it's lit. I was so hyped for him. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's a lot of options options you can go to, but I'm sticking with those. I don't even know is that six, five, whatever it is. Roughly, six. Yeah, I'm um, sticking with those six. Yeah, so let's let's sort through some of these guys. Um, starting with Dion at the low end at four point eight. Um, he's he's become game flow independent. So he's he's kind of like thought of as more of a pass catching back. But I mean, if you look at how he ended the season in New England last year, he was getting. Uh, you know, 20 touches, and he's starting to get that in Tennessee too. 20 touches last week, 19 touches um, the week before that on the ground, not even including his receiving work. So Dion has officially taken that job from Henry, and whether they're up or down, he is going to be getting work. So, um, you know, I like what you said there about the air yards that the Colts are allowing. Uh, Dion will be a good play every week uh, as long as he's that low price and getting that, that workload. Um, but these top guys, Saquon Barkley ended his his streak of doing nothing but putting up 20 points on DraftKings after his lowest output of the season on Monday Night Football. So he is going to have a short week this week. Um, it is at home, and and we don't have to talk about how bad the Bucks defense is. It's just absolutely abysmal. My thing is going to be choosing between Barkley, Gordon, and Zeke because they're all priced pretty close to each other Barkley's in the middle the other two are 200 below and above him so the thing with Barkley is like yeah he's a surefire lock in this matchup to get at least 20 points 22 23 24 but when you when you look at it in terms of paying that much for a player in your salary I definitely want the the floor the floor needs to be there for a player that expensive but they also need to have a ceiling and Barkley does have he has that 40 point game from week six but other than that, he hasn't gone over 30. Meanwhile, you could just pay 200 more and get Melvin Gordon, who's gone over 30 points four times this year. So while arguably these players are going to have a similar floor, um, I, I just think that Gordon has a more ex- more accessibility to his ceiling. So it's just difficult. I don't know. That That's what, something I'm going to be thinking about all week long. I feel you. What do you feel about Zeke, though? I mean, Zeke is in just the complete nut matchup. The, I mean, the, the Falcons have allowed 20 or more points to opposing running backs in eight out of their nine matchups, and Zeke very well might be the best running back that they've faced. My concern with Zeke is that, I mean, he hasn't had over 20 rushing attempts in the the last three games, which is weird because he should be their entire offense. That being said, uh, last three games, seven targets, five targets, six targets. So he is getting more involved in the passing game. It's just a matter of what he's going to be able to do with that. 
But, I mean, I've got no doubt in my mind that Zeke should be able to blow this matchup out of the water. It's just, um, yeah, just Dallas, it's it's a slow-paced team. I don't know. Th- these are all really, really strong options that we're debating between. It's just which one you prefer. That's all it comes down to is personal preference. Um, they I mean, some snap. things to think about. Dallas has a 22.75 point total according to Vegas. What do we have? The Giants surprisingly all the way up at 26 uh, as a point total. We've got Christian McCaffrey, who we haven't talked about yet, um, 27.75 uh, for the Carolina point total. So... I mean, these are these are all options. Um, yeah. Vegas isn't as crazy about Dallas or David Johnson. I think out of the top three, I think uh, probably Gordon is pro- definitely the best play, in my opinion. Just because, like you said, he's gone over 34 times. So, you know, there's a good bet that he could do it again while Saquon has only gone over 30 one time. You want that 30-point potential, you know? And Zeke... Uh, I mean, like, he's been consistent, but, like, the last couple weeks, like, he had 39 last week, but the week before that, week 15, then the week before that, 6. So, kind of inconsistent, but like you said, he's in the not matchup, so you can't go wrong with him. And just below him, Kamara, we didn't mention him, Um, McCaffrey are also great options. So, honestly, they're all over 8,000. If you want, you could play two of them. You know, if if not, you could play one, and then you could go down to David Johnson at seventy five hundred, who's in a great matchup, like you guys already explained. Uh, my personal preference, I, I think that I'm going to prioritize getting Christian McCaffrey in there. Um, you know, two his last two games over thirty points. And it seems like they're making a point to get him involved in the red zone, get him more touchdowns. Uh, two touchdowns in week nine, three touchdowns last week. Um, and like like I said, this Lions defense is just it's just terrible and the entire team is falling apart. So um, I just I really I, I love McCaffrey's upside. Uh, the Lions are third in terms of rushing yards allowed per game. And you know, we don't really think of McCaffrey necessarily as that run it up the gut type player, but wouldn't be surprised at all to see him have his highest rushing output since week three when he put up that 184 rushing yard game against the Bengals. Uh, would would not be surprised in the least to see him break 100 yards rushing on the ground this week and get a touchdown or two as well. Yeah, we had a we had an interesting argument about McCaffrey, uh, Jared. Um, <laughs> You know, we need, we needed your probably take up about forty five minutes on this uh, podcast if we went over it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, while you guys were in Vegas, yeah, we, we had an argument about McCaffrey while we were watching football on Sunday. What was the argument? I want to hear this. <laughs> uh, we got time. Um, we got time. <laughs> uh, so, all right, just just for the listeners out there, I'll I'll just say the gist of it. You know, Ben obviously loves McCaffrey. He's got a little man crush on him, right? You know, I don't think he's all that personally. I mean, he's good, but never been too high on him. So the argument was is that I would rather right now I would if I was if we were drafting running backs, I'd rather draft James White in the fourth round where he was drafted rather than Christian McCaffrey in the top ten where he was drafted. Right, Ben? That, that was the argument, right? I mean, essentially, but you, you were also saying that you see McCaffrey more towards the bottom 
you know, some somewhere between a top 10, 15 running back. And I said that he, you know, if we're picking running backs off the board, I wouldn't take him any lower than five or six. I would take him ahead of some other top tier stud running backs, just because I think the versatility he gives you, it, it's it's reminiscent of players like Barkley and Kamara, just below those guys, of course, in terms of explosiveness. But I mean, Joey's main thing is that McCaffrey's not so much of an in-between the tackle runner. And, and my thing is like, that is not nearly as important to an NFL team as versatility and unpredictability when having somebody on the field. So, for example, when the Patriots bring James White on the field, you know what's happening, um, whereas McCaffrey can do both and will do both. And and just, I mean, McCaffrey's on pace for like 1,800 total yards this year. I, I just think that, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm super high on McCaffrey. I think he, he's the top six running back in the NFL, um, you know, if, if we're, you know, doing a draft. So, oh, yeah, that's you know? what it started uh, from, and the main argument or so it started from me saying that i would rather have zeke over mccaffrey that's how it started and then it evolved into talking about james white and how they're both receiving threats and i'd rather have the same receiving floor out of a fourth rounder than a first rounder where i could you know draft somebody else in the first round but that was the argument so jerry what's your what's your analysis from your point of view, I would rather take James White in the fourth than take McCaffrey in the top ten. I agree with that, 100%. If we're only getting one of them, I'd rather have James White in the fourth and take someone else in the first, if that's what you're okay. trying to say. Yeah, that's what I was – that's what the argument evolved into, but the original argument was actually well, I, don't, I would yeah. take Zeke over McCaffrey. In real life? And – Yes. Yeah, and I said what Christian McCaffrey does for his NFL team is uh, more valuable than what Zeke does because Zeke is uh, essentially a two-down player. Um, He's obviously one of the best pure running backs in the NFL, but I just don't think he offers the same versatility to his team. And we see how McCaffrey has completely altered, you know, the way that Cam plays, having the highest completion percentage of his career. I just think that he's making the entire offense completely different. And we see that Zeke is not the same, you know, world-breaking factor that he was when he had the most elite offensive line in the NFL, uh, whereas McCaffrey isn't necessarily so bogged down by his surroundings. I think you could plug McCaffrey in on any system, any team, and he's going to be successful. I think that Zeke, you know, benefited heavily and had his best showing ever from having the best offensive line, and we're kind of seeing the, the opposite oh turn God. of that right now. Okay, if we're if we're going by the NFL now, I'd rather have Kamara, McCaffrey, Gurley, David Johnson, Lev, all over Zeke. If because that's how the yeah. NFL is turning. Like you need to be a, you need to be, be yep. able to run a route. Like Zeke can't run a route. I've seen some of these flat exactly. routes. He just he tails off and pulls back. That's exact. Yo, that's exactly because we were watching. We were having this debate during the Eagles game, and I'm watching Zeke yeah. have have to. He's like turning around to catch, and he has to do a full body turn yeah. to maintain speed. I'm like, if that was McCaffrey, he's catching that in stride, and that's a first down instead of getting you know obliterated at the line. And people like like Camara can run routes better than half the receivers in the league. Even if it's just like a solid flat route, like. The the little separation he gets for that window to get that window he creates for Drew Brees is insane. Like that versatility is insane. Kamara's a different breed. He's he's just a different breed. He runs a lot of option routes out of the backfield, and he just and, can pick I mean, which way he wants to go, and he's getting open no matter what. And if you put like, a linebacker on a running back, like it's over. McCaffrey's drop running is insane too, though. 
McCaffrey has yeah, some crispy yeah, yeah. routes. But yeah, I I agree. I'd rather have like uh like Kamara, McCaffrey, Alive, David Johnson, Gurley, even Melvin over over Zeke the way the NFL is going right now. If I didn't if I didn't have a top tier uh top tier offensive line. Because if you have a top tier offensive line with Zeke, like you know what you know what's good. You literally know what's good. <laughs> and we saw that agreed, we saw agreed. that with Frederick, Tyron Smith when he was a little healthier. Zach Martin, Ronald Leary, and Lyle Collins, or whoever, whoever they had it, whoever else was there. Like when when they had him, didn't he, he get he got pretty close two thousand yards, right? It was like eighteen hundred or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So he's mm-hmm. elite. Work, but yeah. the way the NFL is going now, give me, give me all of them, over Zeke. Agreed. Agreed. And my closing point to that argument was like, yeah, it's easy to say you'd take White over McCaffrey for the draft value. But I mean, like you could say, would you rather take Philip Lindsay undrafted or Zeke number four overall? So it's like, obviously, in hindsight, yeah, there's going to be players who can do well at, you know, their gadget role, you know, be it first and second down or being a pass catching back later in the draft. It's just like the reason you're taking these guys so high is for the guarantee, even though I don't agree necessarily with taking a running back that high. Um just saying that's it's it's the guarantee factor is why you do it you know it's definitely not the not the um optimal option but i feel you here nor there um let's keep it dfs though besides these top guys um and Deion lewis uh what other options are we looking at um i'm personally most likely going to be looking to get two to three of those top guys and and uh freestyle at wide receiver that seems to be the the main strategy this year in cash games, but uh, who who else do you guys like on the board here? I like James Conner if he plays seventy two hundred. He's going to be overlooked because of because of everybody at the top, and he gets consistent touches over twenty each game that he plays. He's had games of thirty eight, thirty seven, thirty one, forty one, thirty two, so he's had the most games over thirty on this slate. Don't you think that it's very reminiscent? of just two weeks ago when he was 7,200 on the road against a good defense in Baltimore and nobody played him and he scored 32 points. Literally, I feel like this is going to be the same exact situation. And, you know, on the road, Steelers running back. I know that that tickles Jimmer over there. Excuse me. Steelers running back (laughs) on the road. Steelers running back on the road. Oh, yeah, bro. That's that's cash, dude. Are you kidding me? But I can't – well – uh, it's hard to play James Conner this week. I agree. He, it's hard, but it's worth it. Yeah, like, no, Steelers running back on the road, give me that all day. For real. Like, I'll ride that till I die. But coming off in concussion, like, if he gets hit in the head, they're just going to take him off for Jalen Samuels, first of all. And Jacksonville, mm-hmm. I mean, Jacksonville's not a pushover. They've only given up four touchdowns. They give up a lot. Of, they give up. Uh, actually, no, the bottom half in yards, too. They're not the same defense they were. Yeah, no, I think they'll get... I honestly Something think he'll have, a, he'll have a pretty good game. I think he might get 18 points, which will be good, but I'm looking at the 20-point 20 20 floors. Like, I think David Johnson scores uh, 20 to 25. I think Calf, again, I don't think Calf is going to do it, but he could just because Detroit's tight against tight ends and the receivers suck. DJ Moore's still learning. Funches can't get open. Curtis Samuel's good to run a steal a rushing touchdown but McCaffrey's gonna get a ton of targets Kamara might be the best option on the slate um, yeah, um Zeke is capped to if he scores a touchdown or not I feel like 
Melvin's floor is 25. Barkley could either score 15 or he could score 40. If he gets three to four catches, I think he goes for about 18, which is solid. I'll take him in GPPs. Last two road games, he's had um, 31 and 32 points. So, I mean, I don't think you can go wrong with playing him, honestly. He's shown that he's that he's capable of putting up um, great weeks. Uh, he did it four weeks in a row from week five to week nine. So, uh, Do you like any of the mid-5K guys, Lindsey, Coleman, Peterson, Carrion, and any of those guys? Um, None of them really stand out to uh, me. I mean, I'm interested in Carrion Johnson just because even though Theo Riddick is back, he still got, you know, six targets for six receptions last week and two touchdowns, uh, one at the, one at the goal line. So it, it seems like Carrion is transitioning into being the full-fledged, you know, three-down back for the Lions, even if they're still getting Riddick involved. There's, you know, with Tate gone, there are targets to go around for both of them. But, I mean, I just, I don't know. I, it's a fade for me for this Lions team. They're just so incompetent at this moment. I feel you. I, I have zero interest in him, though, honestly. Yeah. A nice GPP play, if I read this correctly. Yeah. So, Washington has a pretty good run defense. And I don't know how involved Lamar Miller is in uh how, yo, how involved is Lamar Miller in the passing game? Eh, not very. Uh, oh, hell no. Yeah, not Jeez. really. Un- under four targets every game since week four. Okay, never mind, because they've given up 84 targets to running backs. That's like that's the fourth most in the whole league, fifth most. Washington. Hey, you redraft people. Deontay Foreman going to be activated soon. So, you know, if you're you know just anyone out there playing redraft, you want someone who could be on a high-scoring offense taking over the running back spot. That's what I'm saying, yo. Foreman's probably shout out there. Out yeah. but, uh, shout out to um, shout out to when Ben was the biggest Lamar Miller fan of all time. Um, good old days. Good old. Shout days. out to the old days. There's no good bottom running back, so just play the top guys. I think it's interesting that both of the Eagles guys are under like what is it? Corey Clements like three point two, and what's his face? Smallwood is three point six, and probably the highest scoring game on the main slate. But they are just both so inconsistent. I mean, they it's, said they uh, wanted to give Adams know. more more run this week. I heard that. Is he even like what? He's got to be damn near like mint price. Yeah, he's he's he's. I don't even see him he's on down here. There. I mean, he's supposedly really talented. That's what everyone says. I don't. I don't can't say I've seen too much of his uh, his work, but yeah, seven seven rushing attempts. That's the most. He looked alright. Coach Doug Peterson said Adams will get more carries going forward. Interesting. You think he's going to be a GPP winner at three point three k? Yeah. Probably not. Could be. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, let's move on to wide receiver, and a lot of people are going to be looking to find some value this week at wide receiver. Um, I definitely see some names that stand out to me. What are you guys seeing for value this week? I'm going right back to the well. Where do you think I'm going? Let's see. I, I, I sure hope you're not going to Maurice Harris. Oh, no, definitely not. Little little okay, higher uh, going against Tampa Bay slot corners. Going right to Sterling Shepard. Oh, yeah. I knew you would be. <laughs> I knew you would be. Yo, Ben mentioned that, too. That's funny. I said that in Vegas when, when the prices first came out. I'm like, yep, Jared's going to be on whoever the slot <laughs> is playing the Bucks. <laughs> Why not? Deadass said that. Why not? Um, I would say because he has, you know, just, I mean, this dude has not had over five catches since week four. 
and he's 5,300. I think you could find his volume. Um, so do you know what he's doing for uh, In a bunch of places. A monster, monster game. Monster game against Tampa Bay. And this is going to be Eli's breakout week where everyone thinks he's a superstar again, and then next week he's going to get eight up. See, I don't, I don't think, I don't think anybody will ever think he's a superstar again. <laughs> personally, yeah, I mean, you definitely can't debate the matchup. Um, it's just the consistency is a problem for me. Just, I mean, you know, in the last four games, two games under ten points. I don't know if I want to pay up five point three. I mean, if he was like four point three, it would be a stone lock. But I mean, you're kind of paying up for the matchup in a way. Uh, yeah, five point three. I mean. It's got the best matchup on the board. That's true. I mean, I love Amari Cooper right above him at 5.4. Um, you know, Cooper, since joining Dallas two weeks ago, has absorbed a 26.4% target share in the Cowboys' offense. I mean, he's gotten 10 targets last week, 8 targets the week before. He He's clearly the best wide receiver on that team and, and Dak's number one look. This should be a script where the Cowboys have to pass to keep up with the Falcons at home. Um, I love Amari in cash this week. He, he's one of those players that with this current target share, getting a, a consistent target share that he wasn't in Oakland, I think he's cash game viable, and he has that ceiling that we, we all know he has as well. There you go. Exactly. So you play Amari Cooper, Sterling Shepard, and Nelson Aguilar. And then you could fit in uh, Saquon Barkley, Kamara, and Christian McCaffrey. I just made your team for you. <laughs> uh, so Nelson Aguilar, huh? I, I'm worried about Golden Tate absorbing some more of that work. This week, I mean, obviously he didn't do do too much in his his debut with the Eagles. Golden Tate, Amari Cooper, Sterling Shepard, what a trio! They're all literally right next to each other. There you go. Then you just have to go down there from McCaffrey go. to uh, er, um, Saquon Barkley to David Johnson. Major team again. Hmm. Five point five, five point four, five point three. In order, Golden Tate, Cooper, Sterling Shepard. There you go. Plug them in. Now, it's not cash game viable, but, I mean, for GPPs, Traquan Smith sitting there at 4K against uh, an Eagles team that has basically no corners right now. Yeah, except he um, got blinked last week. Exactly. Perfect. Perfect spot to hop on for a GPP. Lit. Um, I, I know Brandon Marshall's there, but, I mean, there's few things in this world that would concern me more as Brandon Marshall in 2018. Uh, so... <laughs> I like Smith quite a bit at 4K. Not for cash, though, of course. I don't know. Too too volatile. Um, you know, all the work's going to go to MT, Camara, Mark Ingram, and then any, anybody else um, behind that, behind those three, is basically a guessing game. One game, it could be Ben Watson. One game, it could be Smith. Another game, it could be Josh Hill. You know, I, I don't know. I want to go there, personally. I mean, nobody nobody's mentioned the number one cash play on the board. Scroll down. You'll see it. Keep scrolling. You're almost there. Are we down to 3.4K yet, boys? My son, the number one wide receiver for the Oakland Raiders, Brandon LaFell. Yikes. <laughs> what? Uh, I was expecting, like, applause or something. Oh, yeah, Jordy Nelson and Martavis Bryant are out. That might not be too bad. He, he really is going to be the number one this week. I mean, he's been playing more snaps than uh, Bryant even before the injury. I, I would like Jordy to be, you know, in just so that he's not like – I mean, I don't think that 
Pat P would, you know, shadow LaFell anyways. But, I mean, LaFell, you know, he's gotten at least three catches in each of the last four games for 3.4. I feel like, you know, hey, why not? Let's you get in three of those running backs. You know, he could get a touchdown if he's basically the only option in that passing game besides a bunch of scrubs. I mean, he is a scrub, but still. He's a viable scrub. I mean, that could be a fish play, but, like, I mean, I could be, like, looking at myself in the mirror like I really thought Brandon LaFell was a good play, but, I mean, it seems like it should be. <laughs> I mean, if you if you want to go there, you know, <laughs> more, to, more to you, you know. Yikes. Yikes. Um, as far as some other low Brandon floor LaFell, guys, bro. I mean, <laughs> I liked Willie Sneed, but not with Lamar Jackson or RG3 throwing to him. So Sneed isn't a cash play anymore. Uh, I don't know. He doesn't have the upside to get the 20 points that you may need to cash. He just sits around like 10, 11, 12 points. And, you know, that's good. But with the way that, you know, DFS is now, you kind of need that 20-point potential out of him. And I don't think Sneed can give you that. Agreed. I, I think that there is some value to locking in, you know. I mean, the dude's been averaging 8.3 targets per game. Um, you know, he, he, he is definitely a, a low-ceiling play, but I don't know. Over 10 points in 7 out of 9 games, it's it's just seems like a very low-risk, low-ceiling, low but medium-floor play that you can make in cash just if you want to find some extra salary. Uh, better than taking a risk, I think, on guys like, I don't know who else people are looking at. I hope they're not looking at, like, Maurice Harris again. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know if people will be on Godwin because of his uh, seven catches on seven targets for 103 and a touch last week. Or, I'm sorry, no touch last week. It was just the 103 yards that he got. But, I mean, 4.3K, Godwin's always going to have that upside, and he's always going to be priced around there, but just way too inconsistent to play in cash. You just have too many, too many options there. Like, I think, didn't Jacquez Rogers lead them in receiving last week? He had like eight for a hundred and three yards or something. Yeah. Baller. Yeah, like their backup backup yeah. running back. Eight catches. Thanks. Um, let's talk about some more interesting guys, like uh these top top tier players. Who do you like? Michael Thomas. Yeah, Michael Thomas, Odell are the are the best uh plays and then D Hop. Yeah, Hopkins this dude is just getting a crazy, crazy target share, fifty percent of the targets, uh in the game before the bye. Um, it's definitely possible that, you know, with a bye week, they were able to, you know, better integrate Demarius. Uh, Kiki should be back this week, I believe. He practiced on Wednesday limited, so you'll have to see if he makes it in. But, um, you know, if both of those guys play, as you could expect Hopkins to have a slightly lower target share, but I would still expect, uh, you know, at least 10 targets for him. Can always go there, but yeah, I mean Michael Thomas, eight point eight K, just the stone lock. Dude has been tearing it up. Um and the Eagles, like we've said a couple times, just they have no corners. Like Michael Thomas should completely eat. And in terms of Thomas, like he's averaging more points per game at home than any other skill position player in the NFL. So this dude is averaging like damn near thirty points per game in his home games. So um it's just like, yeah, uh, I I would rarely play a player at wide receiver at that price when I could go to running back and pay for the elite guys, but I think Thomas is as safe as it gets. You explained it perfectly. Um, 8.8K, lock him in. Lock and load, and you'll get around 30 points from him. 
not much more to say about that. Um, Odell, 8.4K at home. No, going up against the Bucks. I'd rather play him over Sterling Shepard. Um, I think that's a given. You said you'd rather play him over Sterling Shepard? Yeah, price-wise, like including price and everything. I mean, I think anybody, anybody would. Yeah, my dude hasn't had under 10 targets since week two. He's getting in a, a crazy target share. You know, he gets inconsistent quarterback play, which kind of hurts him. But he's had uh, three straight games going over 23 points with three touchdowns in those three games. So, you know, can't go wrong with Odell. I mean, Julio probably won't score another touchdown for the rest of his career. But do you think that there's a, the <laughs> you think there's career. any chance he that he comes back? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he hit two. Like that, I feel like that's definitely, you know, a, a good pace for him for at least the rest I of mean, the year. I mean, Julio's pretty much a lock every week. He has two touchdowns on the year, and he scored under 20 points only three times. And in those three games, he still had five catches. Like, he gets crazy targets. He has week one, he had 19 targets. Week two, nine. Week four, 12, 9, 14, 12, 10, 11. Like, he's going to he's gonna end up scoring a lot of touchdowns. He'll probably end up with, like, six or seven by the end of the year, I think. Four straight games over 100 yards receiving. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the, the Cowboys' corners have actually been pretty good. They've been pretty good at limiting wide receiver, um, you know, production this year. So, I would be – I don't know. But, I mean, I'm not really going to be scared off matchup in terms of Julio anyways. He's just too dominant. Julio Jones is the fastest wide receiver to to get 10,000 receiving yards. Yeah, I saw that. It's just like I like I don't know. In in terms of this specific slate, I would rather play Thomas for 300 more or Odell for 100 less or even Hopkins take a take a $600 discount. So, probably won't be on much of Julio GPP, this week. I'm playing Julio just like every week. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mhm. Do you guys like uh, any mid-range wide receivers before we get out of here? We already mentioned Shepard. I think Tate is actually going to be kind of popular, but I wouldn't go there. Um, Corey Davis? Any interest? I don't know. Corey Davis, T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, yeah, both of them, honestly. T.Y. Hilton, Hilton, 6.1 against the Titans at home. What about low-key Larry Fitz? No. He's gotten 8, 8, 12, and 10 targets the last four weeks. I mean, he's clearly the go-to wide receiver. I just, I don't know. GPP. I, I think, like, in terms of game environment, I just don't want to be have too much invested in that game. Probably, like, Cardinals D and David Johnson stack and a couple GPPs. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I'd rather target the games that I feel like could completely snap, and I don't think with those two offenses yeah. that game has exactly. too much potential for that. You know what, Ben? That's um, facts. Yeah. Big facts. Let's uh oh I also just want to shoot down anyone who's thinking that uh Kenny Galladay is a good play this week. Bruh. The Lions are trash. Do not play any Lions. Okay, I'm telling you, I've watched every Lions game this year. This team has no identity. They can't pass, they can't connect. This dude Stafford is playing the worst he's played in five years. Just do not play Galladay. Um Marvin Jones might miss and um in that case, maybe you could play Galladay, but just don't do it. Um, I'm just, I start thinking about, yeah, exactly. Play I mean, TJ Jones. It, it'd just be, yeah, right. Um, maybe John Brown, uh, right above him, would be a much better play. I like Alshon too. Six point three in that game 
should be – I mean, he, he struggled, and he's particularly struggled in games against good corners. If you look at his, uh, you know, the games that he's gotten locked down, you know, the Dallas corners, uh, Jalen Ramsey got locked down by Rhodes in Minnesota. So I guess it's just how much respect are you putting on Lattimore this year uh, can determine if you're going to play Alshon or not. I'm not Facts. definitely not playing Alshon. Hmm. Playing Nelson Aguilar, my son. He's going to snap this week. You like Aguilar, yeah. huh? It's going to get lit. Dude's a scrub. Yeah. I saw an Aguilar, one, one game over 20 this year. Yeah, it's going to get lit, too. Probably be a GPP fade. Just wait on it. Seven for 83. Huh? It's possible. I could see it. I could see it. I like Aguilar. Let's move on to tight end here. What are you guys thinking? I'm seeing Zach Ertz and a bunch of scrubs. <laughs> for real. I'm either, gonna, I'm either going to Evan Ingram or Ricky Seals-Jones. It's either pay up or punt. Pay up or punt. That's pretty much uh, the two options. I agree. I'm punting um, to, to um, Jeff Hireman or Ricky Seals Jones. Yeah, Hireman um, just completely ate with the Broncos' first game without Demarius. Dude had 11 targets, 10 catches. Um, just seems to really have a good connection with Case Keenum. I don't know. I mean, do you think he's going to be popular? He probably will be, but I mean. I don't know. Like, how many people even know who this dude is? I mean, I'm definitely not playing him. Really? I I like him. I think he's probably one of the safer bets for these low, low, you know, guys under 4K. Yeah. Not playing Ben Watson, Vernon Davis, Johnny Smith. I mean, Oakland's Uh, given up the fourth most touchdowns to tight end, so I'll just punt it with Ricky Seals-Jones and hope he gets in the end zone. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, Ricky Seals, nine nine targets uh, in Week 10. Okay, you know, that's fair. 2.9K, I, I like that strategy. Uh, I've done that the past three weeks. Just play someone under 3K and just see what happens. Worked out once. <laughs> you guys have any interest in Austin Hooper? I, I imagine he'll be popular after having another big game last week. Yeah. Play my son, Too Jeff inconsistent. Swaim. Jeff Swaim. Yeah. I mean... I wish I could get up to Zach Ertz. I mean, this dude is on an absolute historic pace. I saw a stat today that said uh, if if he has no catches this week, he'll still have the most catches uh, through the first 11 weeks of an NFL season ever as at tight end. He could get zero catches, and he still has more catches. Well, like This dude is just on a crazy pace. Yeah, because he's had, like, 30 catches the first two months, like 30 catches in each of each month. I think he's like on some pace, like the past crazy. Jason Witten or something. Yeah, he has 75, 75 catches. catches. Yeah, didn't he just have 14 or something? Didn't he just score 40 points? Yeah. Four yeah, he, he had 43 and a half points on that game against Dallas, and his price didn't go up at all. Lit. 6.6K. <laughs> like, like, honestly. He's a Kelsey um, in my GPP this week. Oh, for sure. Him, him and Evan he's, Ingram. He's a complete lock in GPPs. Um,. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Any interest in Jared Cook? He's uh, you know, we we know what it's time for. We've had two bad games in a row. Okay. I mean, two bad games in a row. We we know what's coming next for Jared Cook. Arizona's pretty that solid. Arizona's pretty solid against tight ends, so I'm not looking towards that. Hey, hey, we got the we got the two bad games out of the way, bro. So Jared Cook. <laughs> 3,900. Play him. I mean, 
yeah, it, I feel like it's just like the law of physics. Like he yeah. could literally, he, he might be on a buy if if it's a buy coming off of two bad weeks. He's gonna find a way to get you those twenty points. Yeah. You know, thirty. Then he went for eight, eight, thirty-four, six-three. Then he had seventeen. Now he's coming off a four and a nine-point game. It's only right to assume that he's gonna score over seventeen points. Yeah, thirty-nine hundred. Um, seems like in. a stone stone lock of a process right there. Yeah. I love it. Um, let's talk uh, DST. We doing the Saints. old uh, scroll and roll? Yeah, you know, close your eyes, scroll, pick one, and leave. Exit off the screen. This is a week to punt defense again. Go to Saints. The well, Saints, yeah. Like Eagles. They're gonna get thirty points dropped on them. Yeah, they're gonna have like six sacks and a turnover, so they'll still score six points. I don't know. I, like I kind of think there that was a little bit. Yeah, it seems like they kind of got boosted by how bad Cincinnati was last week. I mean, other I mean, than that, they're twenty one hundred. So I don't think they got boosted that much, Ben. No, I'm saying boosted in terms of like your opinion of them. Just play the Broncos defense at two thousand and. Like, why wouldn't you just play the Jags for a hundred more at you know at home? They're better, much more talented. Much more talented defensive roster. Trust me. The Jags have had the Steelers' number, too. That's something to think about. Ben, trust me. I mean, I, I definitely won't be since Carson <laughs> is most likely my my cash game quarterback, so I definitely can't be playing the Saints there. But, um, you know, you're welcome to go there. Um, yeah, I like the Jags. like the Bengals if either of those garbage – you know, quarterback start for them outside of Flacco. I mean, not that Flacco is anything other than garbage himself, but, I mean, I feel like Lamar or RG3 would just be walking into, like, a 10-sack game. Panthers are good um, for – If either one of them Panthers were to start. Panthers are good for seven sacks this week. Agreed. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You know, 100%. in my initial builds, that's kind of where I'm looking. Like, Panthers or the Redskins, I feel like, are both going to just completely eat against bad offensive lines and teams that love to give up sacks in the Lions and the, the Texans. So – you could go with either one of them and be set. Steelers as well, right above it, 2.9K facing Jacksonville. We know how bad Bortles has been. Supposedly, people think he's going to turn it around at some point. I mean, I don't know why he would, but. Why not? Seems like, yeah, I don't know. Because he's a bum. <laughs> we, we, we missed the biggest quarterback news of the week. Oh. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed in us. Nathan Peterman got released. Yeah, um, it's a sad day. I didn't talk about it because it's like emotionally difficult for me to like come to terms with. I don't know <laughs> like what the point of watching NFL football is going to be when one of the biggest stars in the league just up and gets cut. Yeah, it's kind of it's um, kind of messed up. It doesn't like, really make sense gets to me. Cut it was all, and he'll never be on another NFL team again. That's the sad part. Nah, know? never say never, man. There there could no, be never. How much Never. do you want to bet they sign him back to their practice squad? Give him another chance. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Just wait on it, y'all. No. Just no. No. Just wait on it. The Jags could probably sign him and he could be starting probably. for them. Boy, Bortles is doo-doo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, uh, let, let's pour one out for for Nathan Peterman. RIP. Right. I hope that you get signed somewhere so that we can, uh, you know, troll you again someday yeah. soon. My son. Miss you already. 
And worth noting that uh, Joey Bosa returned to practice this week, which could definitely make the Chargers interesting. You know, last two weeks they each had they had 13 points in each of their last two games, and that was without Bosa, four sacks, and you know that's only going to be going up if Bosa comes back. So. Uh, I don't know if they expect him back this week or not, but they are the highest priced defense, but 3.4 is really not that high priced. Yeah. Totally fit him in in a tournament. If Bosa's there, I would I would love Chargers with Bosa against Case Keenum at quarterback, bring it back with Melvin Gordon, just yeah. That that seems like a great play. Um defense is pretty I don't know. cheap this week. It is. It is. I think they realize that nobody's paying up for a 4K defense no matter what. Yeah. Never. Hey, never say um, never. You know what I'm saying? Let's close out the show here with some <laughs> some low owned stacks, some stacks that could win our listeners, you know, a GPP, some some big money, some big time money. What do What do you guys like this big week? Big time money, big time money stacks. Let's take a gander here. Yeah, I I honestly think this will be low owned. Nelson Aguilar, Zach Ertz, and Carson Wentz. Even though I still like the Saints defense because how bad that offensive line is, I think they'll still get a turnover in a couple sacks, which will make them viable for 2100 But I still think Zach Ertz is going to be hella low-owned. Nelson Aguilar will be low-owned, I feel like. And Carson Wentz could be chalk. I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work out. I expect that he would be. Or but you I mean, game stack that Zach Ertz, Nelson Aguilar, Michael Thomas, Kamara, then punt everywhere else because you have no cash left. Yeah, you're going to have to be playing some LaFell and Ricky Seals-Jones Yo, on that lineup. Go. Hey. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, how about you, Joey? What do you like for some low on stack? low on stack of the week, Andrew Luck to T.Y. Hill and to Jack Doyle. Chalk it down. Bruh. Yeah, right. I tried that last week. That obviously didn't work out. Ah, uh, bro, that was my stack, son. I gotta relook at this. Gave me Ebron three touchdowns. Love, right, we can have the. Yeah, that's why now we're going to Jack Doyle. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's bro. gonna be on Ebron. Oh, right. he scored three touchdowns. Dude's still a scrub. These dudes handed the ball yeah. off to Ebron in the red zone. Like, bro. <laughs> Dude, Ebron is the ultimate scrub overproducing right now. Um, bro, he ruined my best yeah. GPP team. I had Andrew Luck, Kamara, Aaron Jones, Michael Thomas, Mark Ingram, Bill's defense, and then T.Y. Hilton and Jack Doyle. Like, bro, come on. Yeah. Um, in terms <sighs> of that stack, I don't know about Doyle, but I do love Luck to Hilton for sure this week just because I think, like, you know, Hilton's box score doesn't really look great, but we know what the potential is with Luck, and it just needs to happen. So I could totally see it. Um, and there's options to bring it back, either Corey Davis or, like Jared said earlier, Deion Lewis I think would be a great great titan to bring it back with. I think for me in terms of a low-owned stack, totally took mine right there, so i got to scroll through this quick. I guess, you know, for me, I'm, I'm going to go with Big Ben on the road against Jacksonville because people are going to be afraid of that, and, you know, rightfully so. But that being said, you know, the last two weeks have been road outings for Big Ben, and he did well in those games, especially last week um, against Carolina. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. That was at home. I'm tripping. What, wait. Oh, yeah. So I was looking at uh, at Baltimore on the road. He put up 25.2 points, and uh, Cincinnati, the road game before that, 24.56 points. So, I mean, you're getting the discount because of the road, and people are going to see Jacksonville and not play him. But like we've said, they haven't really been the same Jacksonville. 
So I think that you could get Big Ben and your choice of any of the elite options, Antonio Brown, Juju, you know, just go maybe Big Ben to James Conner, get all the touchdowns in that game. And Who would you rather have, Juju or AB? Um, you know, that's really interesting because the price gap continues to shrink between the two of them. They're only 1,000 apart. So I think I would probably lean towards, you know, AB. Supposedly, uh, I mean, it's tough, though. It's really tough. But Do you know if Boye is going to be back? Yeah. I read that he would be back this week. It's still uh, early to tell for sure, so you're you're gonna have to keep an eye on that. If they're both back, though, I, I like mean, Ramsey I don't would know. Be that, that might be what the Jacksonville defense needs. I feel like Ramsey would be on Juju, right? Just for the height, and Boy Boye would be on AB. Hmm. If so, I like uh, no. I like Juju. Ramsey hasn't been Ramsey this year, and he doesn't even wanna be there. I'm actually going to have to look into that, Jared, because I think whichever one uh, Boye is is projected to be on is the one I'd be interested in. Not that Boye is by any stretch a bad corner, but it's going to be his first game back in a while. So I, I would look to target uh, that player um, just because, you know, Boye might have some rust and, you know, I think that might be a slight edge to whichever one of those guys. But I think you could get all of them at low ownership, James Conner, Big Ben, both receivers and and – the upsides there. So I saw that um, um Juju has one of the highest red zone percentages or uh, target percentages in the whole league. It's like forty percent. It's something insanely high. Yeah, he. I mean, just like two or three weeks ago, he had the most red zone targets in the entire league. I, do I have that? Yeah, I don't have that tag. I think Michael Thomas is up there. I swear I had a red zone target stat. I, I guess I not. Saw it um, Doesn't matter. But yeah, no, no, he he's definitely in the in the you know top five of most red zone targets for wide receivers right up there with Thomas and Marvin Jones. Um, so, you know, feels good to be back, you know, back at home, getting ready. We'll be doing our live show on YouTube this Sunday. You can find us on YouTube at the DFS dose. We will be on at 12 PM noon Eastern. And, uh, you know, other than that, you can follow us on Twitter at the DFS Dose. Same thing with Instagram. You can follow my personal Twitter at Ben Hover, B-E-N-H-A-U-V-E-R. Guys, tell them where they can find you. You can follow me on Twitter at Joey Carrion underscore. And you can follow me at Jared underscore underscore Marcus. We will be back on Monday to recap all of the exciting action from week 11. Stay tuned for that. And we will also potentially be having a guest on next week for our preview show and announcing a giveaway along with that. So, uh, you know, keep your eyes on our Twitter for any information about that. Um, So good luck. And I hope you guys all sail to the morning. Mm -hmm.